then I came across originally Two Bright Lights and the Not Worldwide, which was then EXO Group. It was like the best of both worlds coming together. It was the event side, it was the wedding side, and then product and marketing. And I could figure out how I could utilize the skills that I had learned over the years and what I truly loved about businesses and how to help small business owners within these wedding businesses to get their brands in front of new people. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Brands at Book Show, where we help creative service-based businesses build their brands and find more clients. I'm your host, Davey Jones. This week's guest is Megan Brown, the Director of B2B Marketing for The Knot Worldwide. Megan joins me to discuss marketing and advertising your wedding business in 2021, a few of the mistakes she's seen wedding pros make, and how resources like Wedding Pro and Two Bright Lights can help. We've known Megan for quite a few years now, and she really is someone who is committed to the wedding industry and serving wedding pros. So I'd recommend checking out a few of the upcoming trainings that Megan has put together. And I've heard her share at conferences in the past. Her content is always really informative and on point. I have to imagine that she has put together quite a talented lineup of speakers for their upcoming event. And you can learn more about all of those details in the show notes. Be sure to check out the show notes at davianchrista.com for the resources we mentioned during the episode. And we want to hear from you. Let us know what kind of content you'd like to see on the Brands That Book podcast as we move forward. To leave your feedback, just send us a DM on Instagram at davianchrista. Now, on to the episode. Megan, welcome to the Brands That Book podcast. Excited about this conversation. It has been a long time in the making. <laughs> yes. I think pre-COVID, we started talking about this. Uh-huh. And it's been such a long time that your role has actually changed in the company since we've chatted. So <laughs> right. you still oversee Two Bright Lights, but now you're responsible for even more in Wedding Pro. So you know, how's this past year gone? Well, it has been wild. (laughs) I think we did five times the amount of webinars in terms of what we put out for Wedding Pro. We amped up our content. The whole goal has been really to give creatives and wedding professionals the tools that they need to manage this I hate to say it, but unprecedented time that we're all going through. So my role actually changed right in March of 2020, which perfect timing, I guess, considering what was going on. And so it allowed me to really think about, okay, how can we change the strategy? How can we think about what are the tools that pros actually need right now to manage this? And how can education and our content strategy, which I lead for the B2B brands, how can we use that to help them get through this? Yeah. I feel like you're such the perfect person for that position because you're so involved in the community. You know, I mean, I feel like I used to see you back when we could all go outside. (laughs) I used to see you 
every year at different conferences, you know? So hopefully we're moving back into a year where maybe that will be possible. But, you know, again, I just think perfect person for that position because you're so tuned in with what the community needs. And I took a look at Wedding Pro and it, it does look like it has a lot of really fascinating content. But we do like to start the episode just hearing a little bit about our guest background. So tell us a little bit how you even got into this position and how it all came about. Well, we can go way back. When I was in college, which feels like forever ago, I was really intrigued by the events industry. I was a music business major and realized I wasn't going to be the next like Lady Gaga. So I was like, okay, I probably need to figure out a career path where I can afford to eat. So I thought, oh my gosh, planning events is super glamorous it looks like it'll be so much fun. Sure, it's fun. But oh my gosh, it's a lot of work. And I, I mean, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, right? Like, it just wasn't for me. I loved the creative side of it. But I really missed the business aspects that I was working on in school. And so I was working for an interior and event designer. I was his personal assistant and event assistant and decided to make the change to corporate events because, you know, that'll be so much different. And so I ended up working for an economics research firm, which was a great experience. And I thought, oh, this will be a good pivot. But I was there six and a half years and I wasn't exactly passionate about economics <laughs> coming from a music and creative background. So the end of my time there, I was running marketing and product for our brand. And I really loved that part, but the spark wasn't there. So when I came across originally Two Bright Lights and the Not Worldwide, which was then Exo Group, it was like the best of both worlds coming together. It was the event side, it was the wedding side, and then product and marketing. And I could figure out how I could utilize the skills that I had learned over the years and what I truly loved about businesses and how to help small business owners within these wedding businesses to get their brands in front of new people, which is the whole goal, right? I led Two Right Lights for five years. We went through a merger. So Exo Group turned into the Not Worldwide, which is where Wedding Pro comes in because Wedding Pro is the B2B side of the Knot and Wedding Wire. So this last March, as I said, I transitioned over to also leading content and B2B education for Wedding Pro. And I guess the rest is history because it feels like it's been eight years, even though it's been a year. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And this is such a, I feel like relevant conversation for right now, because I mean, we all hope, I think that we are approaching the tail end you know, whatever that looks like, you know, I think there's this, this hope that by the end of 2021, you know, we really feel like steps are made in the right direction, right? What do you feel like the biggest challenges are for wedding pros in 2021? Just something that come to mind or just the fact that basically 2020 was canceled and all of that was rescheduled for 2021. So you're managing that, you know, and maybe some lost income there. And then those are filling dates and dates are basically like inventory for wedding professionals. So what do you feel like is, you know, kind of the biggest challenge for wedding pros this year? Well, I think you're absolutely right. Like the fact that so much of 2020 got rescheduled to 2021 is a big challenge. It takes up a lot of the dates that pros were hoping to book within 2021. So you're juggling that with also trying to continue to get themselves out there with for future bookings, whether that is filling up more 2021 dates, booking out into 2022. But then on top of all that, you're having to manage safety protocols and figuring out what is safe, learning about the guidelines that are different in state by state and region by region of what is going on right now. And so 
not only are you running your business and marketing your business as you would in a normal year, but you're probably even busier than you normally would be. You definitely are wearing your therapist hat more than even you would normally. Sure. And then you have to be a health professional. Yeah. Right? So there's so many different facets that 2020 and 2021 were really tough years or it yeah. will be. Yeah, for sure. So as far as marketing and advertising go, have you noticed a shift even in the last year or so, you know, anything that I think people are doing differently, maybe now that they can't maybe market in the typical ways, there's certainly not, you know, networking events and bridal shows and things like that going on. So, you know, what are some of the ways that Wedding Pro in particular is helping wedding professionals sort of market and advertise their business? Yeah. I mean, marketing is never an easy thing to begin with. Getting noticed and getting in front of that new audience isn't easy. We all know that social reach across the board is diminishing. It's getting harder and harder to get in front of eyeballs. Markets are saturated. There's continuing to be new people popping into the market, but it's all about standing out. So with Wedding Pro, it gives you the opportunity to reach and tap into a larger or different audience because as a brand, we've done the work for you to have the customers in the right place. Your whole goal is to meet customers where they are with the knot and wedding wire. That's where they are. Couples are planning, um, so they're already there. I know you also are a pro at this, but from SEO perspective, there's so much you have to continue to do investing in your brand from SEO. But again, on the wedding pro side, that's something that the years of online presence already exists. So you can leverage that SEO weight to help your brand come up higher in search results. And it really creates that larger impact with more of a minimal effort. Because like we just talked about, especially in this year, you're juggling so many different things that being able to think less about how you get in front of the right audience is huge. Sure. Absolutely. I think especially even if you were, I think this is true, whether you've been around or whether you're new, but mm -hmm. I, I certainly think if it's, if you're new, it can be difficult to build authority for your website and, you know, start to make a dent in maybe a market, you know, where people have just been doing it for a long time, you know? And so from an SEO perspective, I think it can be a little challenging to catch up. And so I can see the benefit in if there is a place where you could have, you know, some sort of listing where, you know, brides and grooms already are, then there's some obvious benefit to being able to get in front of those people. As far as getting published goes, you know, I know that used to be, and maybe it still is. And, uh, you know, I'm a few years removed from the wedding industry. We still work with a lot of wedding pros. So I feel like I still have, you know, a little bit of an understanding of maybe what's going on in the industry, but, you know, getting published, you know, I feel like getting published was such a crucial achievement for us back when we were running a wedding photography business and really, you know, opened a lot of doors in terms of getting in front of new audiences and new, new networks and things like that. And, you know, is that still a thing that people should be trying to do? Like, is it still worthwhile? I know that two bright lights now is free, right? To sign up, which is awesome. So I assume it's easier. Like, have you seen a massive influx of people using the tool? Yeah. So there definitely are more people using it. I think especially coming out of 2020. And as you mentioned, profits and the money people are making has definitely impacted. And so it was something that we wanted to make a decision as our gift to the industry is just like, let's just make this free. We know it's a challenge of getting your work out there in front of the right people. And so being able to make the decision to have two bright lights be a completely free service was 
huge and something we're really excited about. And people definitely are continuing to use it. We're seeing more and more people sign up. Getting published in, on, as a whole is definitely still important. It builds brand recognition, credibility, social proof, gives you things to brag about. But just as any marketing tool, it shouldn't be the only thing that you're doing. I think we saw, I guess a few years ago at this point, when everything came out about Style Me Pretty shutting down and people were freaking out because all of a sudden, all this work that they had put into putting all of their marketing eggs in one basket was disappearing. So you have to be careful because it is a marketing channel that you don't own, right? You are relying on somebody else getting it out there. But at the same time, that also helps you get in front of different audiences. So it goes both ways. You need to make sure you're doing it to get in front of those people, but you also need to be doing things for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. On just a content level, what sorts of things can people expect when they go over to Wedding Pro, just in terms of learning about marketing and advertising their business? Yeah, so there are quite a few topics that we covered. Every single month, we have a specific theme that we go over. And so this month, oh my gosh, now I feel like I'm so busy planning for next month that I'm thinking about. So <laughs> this month is a lot about marketing and especially we're right in the middle of engagement season, which is also booking season. So how you can be preparing for that. And so we're also going to be talking about audience evolution and today's couples. So we have a lot of amazing research about who these couples are, what their goals are, what they value, and how you can weave those consumer trends into your marketing. So that's coming up for February. So sneak peek. Yeah. And this episode will be live by then. And that's another thing I was going to mention was from what I remember is there's just so much data that you all can aggregate and just so much that you all know about the wedding industry because you know, I mean, they're not worldwide is this massive company. And so you have your hands in a lot of different places. And so you can aggregate all this data, you know, that's super helpful in, in identifying things like customer trends. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so interesting to see. And I think, especially this year, or this past year, I should say, since it's now 2021, we saw brands really lean into value. And by value, I mean, beliefs and values that customers hold. And so we saw how important it was for consumers or couples to want to align with pros who have the same values as they do. And that is something that we've seen through data, but also that we've seen that people just really want to build that trust and that authenticity between who they're working with, right? I mean, we all stock our people on Instagram way more than we probably care to admit. But to be able to build that authentic relationship, even before you've had that first conversation, but because you know that you have the same values, it's so beneficial. So we, that was something that really came out this year. Yeah, absolutely. And you said exploring that more in February. Mm -hmm. All right. Awesome. Well, we will definitely have to make sure that we have links so that people can get connected with that content coming up this month. And again, like you said, it'd be really interesting, I think, you know, it is booking season traditionally, at least there is still kind of limits on, you know, where people can go and what people can do. And have you seen, and this might be something that you might not be able to know until after the fact, you know, like maybe this summer or, or further, have you all seen a slowdown in 
you know, what is typically engagement season, like in, in engagements in general, just because it's not like in, in a lot of places you can't have maybe a big engagement party afterwards, you know? So have you seen anything there? So it's hard to tell about engagement season alone, but the good thing is we've actually seen an increase in leads both across the knot and wedding wire since the beginning of COVID. So leads are happening. People are definitely looking to book. People are planning and that's what we want to hear, right? That's the silver lining of maybe people at home a bit more. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's really interesting too. And I'm really interested in, in hearing what that looks like or just kind of what data you all can pull together even after booking season here to see what that looks like. But one of the things that I was reading at the beginning of this year, I forget what newsletter it was, but they were talking about this concept of revenge spending and this idea that after we get out of these lockdowns, people are going to be spending money on you know some of these these more luxury items. I would assume that something like a wedding would be in there, you know, this opportunity to get together with a lot of friends and family and really have this party that you've never had, you know, before. So it'll be really interesting even to see because I know you all do a lot even in terms of understanding budgets or average budgets for. So I'd I'd be interested to see at the end of 2021 or in 2022, what the average budget looks like for a wedding. Totally. I agree. And I think there's also so much opportunity for couples who maybe had a mini money in 2020 and then get to have a an anniversary wedding or a sequel wedding on their one year anniversary, they still get to have that big party. And so they're actually potentially spending more there. Yeah. I didn't even think about that, you know, and I assume that there'd be plenty of people doing exactly that. Heck, in a non-COVID year, which is, you know, pretty much every year, right? Chris and I did that when we got married. We got married and then we had like a bigger ceremony down the line. So got to imagine a lot of people will be doing that after this past year. What do you feel like in the, you know, and this doesn't have to be specific to 2020, but are there just certain mistakes that you've seen wedding professionals making when it comes to marketing and advertising their business? So I think a lot of people are scared of putting their face out there and they think that their brand can stand alone. And sure, brand is super important, but you have to remember that people want to have that connection. They want to know who's behind the brand. So I think being accountable, so putting yourself out there for both the good and the bad, right? Social especially is a highlight reel. So show that you're a real person. Like if something didn't go so well, that's okay. Like these things happen. You're human. And it also can provide that comic relief that maybe we're all looking for and that connection. And I think being committed, like show that you stand for something. And that goes back to that brands having a value that aligns with what consumers are looking for. I think that making sure you're putting out there, whether it's in your mission statement or your Instagram bio, what you stand for and what you believe. I think a lot of pros shy away from that because it weaves into something else, but they try to be something for everyone and you can't be, right? Or you shouldn't be. So you need to be targeted and have that buyer persona or ideal client that you are trying to go after and really go after them and don't try to be something for literally everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise you connect with nobody or even if you do, even if people come across your work and like, oh yeah, I talked with them and they were okay. You know, they probably talked to somebody who is, you know, about something that's, you know, maybe resonates closely with their ideals or beliefs or whatever. And that person's going to stand out more, especially when compared to you, if you're not, you know, really, I think taking a stand for something. And I don't necessarily think it has to be super dramatic, but no. 
even if it's that you really like dogs or are obsessed with red wine, like people can connect on so many different things. Yeah, absolutely. And and even social media now too is much more, I hesitate to say authentic because I don't know if there's quite a ton authentic about social media, but I would say in the way of like reels, you know, TikTok, Instagram stories, you know, there is this opportunity, I think, to be less curated and not worry about the permanence, you know, like, I mean, reels, I guess, are, are sort of, you know, permanent or whatnot, but they don't sit in your feed the way that your images do, you know, so you don't have to have this beautifully curated life. So I like what you said about that. It's just like showing off the mistakes and some of the redemption within those mistakes and how maybe you turned around some of those things, I think can be really powerful ways to connect with people. As far as 2021 goes, where would you recommend people start focusing their marketing efforts? So, I mean, I'm starting to feel like I might be a broken record here, but I think like show up and like talk about what you're doing, put yourself out there. And like everybody loves people who are a little bit weird, right? I mean, I feel like my personal motto is like, don't take yourself too seriously. And so people want to see that. And so try the reels, try TikTok. And like, you never know exactly what is going to stick and what's going to resonate with the audience that you are looking to reach. And what worked two weeks ago may not work now. And what doesn't work now may actually work in a month from now. So I think trying different things and not being afraid to see things fail. If you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. Sure. Yeah. And I think that another good point that you make about things like stories is they disappear after 24 hours. So you can try things. They're going to disappear. If it didn't land, it didn't land. And you, you know, you get a fresh start at it tomorrow. And then, you know, all of a sudden, if you're posting about something and you're getting a lot of comments and you can really dig into whatever that angle was, whatever it was that you were sharing and share a little bit more of that. But, you know, I mean, I think just this, this concept too, of putting all your eggs in one basket, I am again, a step removed from, you know, trying to get work published and and things like that. But we build websites for people all the time. And it's interesting to me how many people put all their eggs in their website basket too. Websites are super important, you know, so I'm not trying to diminish the value of, of websites just as, you know, you weren't trying to diminish the value of getting published. But, you know, there is this kind of concept of, okay, well, if I if I post or if I just create an account or if I just make a website or if I just, you know, whatever, like people are going to come. You know, right? And it turns out that that's it's just not the case, right? <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice if it was, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just I think, like you said, you have to show up, and there's so many different places that you can show up. Yeah, I think that can be overwhelming in and of itself. But the point is, at the end of the day, you have to show up and you have to take action. You know, even really you know, when you don't want to, I think the nice thing about something like wedding pro is that, you know, the people you're trying to reach are already there. You know, you don't have to go through the work of building the audience as you do on, you know, something like Instagram or clubhouse now, you know, are you in clubhouse? I am. I've been lurking in some rooms so far. Yeah. I feel like that describes so many of us on Clubhouse where we're just kind of, we're there, we're just lurking, you know, we're just kind of like, what is this going to be? I know. (laughs) Initial thoughts about Clubhouse. Do you feel like, just some predictions here. Do you feel like it's going to be around? Do you feel like it's going to, like, do you think it has staying power? I guess is my first question. I think it is going to be very hard to sustain when people are 
back to like normal working. People tend to have a little bit more time right now while maybe they're at home or they're not working as many events, especially in the wedding side right now. What's going to happen when, knock on wood, wedding season this summer is back in full swing, let's hope. Yeah. People really going to have a ton of time to be on Clubhouse? I don't think so. Yeah. And do you feel like, I guess, just, I mean, off on that point, something that's interesting to me about it is the almost podcast feel to it, you know, where you can just put on a room and you can listen to it in the background and you don't have to join in on it or, you know, anything like that. So there is that element of, you know, you can just throw it on. Like you said, if people are back in the office, they're not just going to be throwing it back on. I guess even beyond that too, one of the things that I don't really love is that you lose whatever you post there. You know, once the room's done, it's gone. It's not like people can go back and access that recording or that conversation. Do you think right now it seems like it would be a pretty, and maybe some people have already found that it's a great tool for B2B, you know, so I can see the benefit for, you know, a business like mine, let's say even a business like Wedding Pro potentially getting on there. What about B2C though? What about for wedding professionals trying to book stuff? Do you feel like, like, I don't know any, I don't really have many friends who are not entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. who seem to even know what Clubhouse is. Yeah. You bring up a very good point. I think that it definitely seems to be that we're, it's all B2B people there that I see. And that could be just who my connections are as well. But I think there, there could be a really interesting opportunity for, let's say, a planner to host a room to talk about challenges planning during COVID and ideas and just things that, but is the audience there? That's a really good question. I don't know. It would just be interesting to see who adopts it over the next couple months, the next year, because, you know, that's what I've been asking some friends of mine is like, Hey, have you heard of Clubhouse? You know, especially if they're not entrepreneurs and even, even a lot of my entrepreneur friends haven't heard of it yet, but if they're not in the entrepreneur world, if they're not kind of running a business, then it seems like, no, I don't, I don't know what that is. Like, what are you talking about? Totally. Yeah. And I think also, I mean, it being for what iOS only right now Mm -hmm. still. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. And you have to listen with sound. So it's not truly accessible. Also, I know like, especially if I'm watching Instagram stories at work, I'm usually watching it with the sound off. You can't do that with clubhouse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's true. Another interesting thing about it too, and maybe another case for something like getting involved in with like a network, like wedding pro, just the updates that in speaking of iOS specifically, the updates that Apple is making to you know, privacy on your phone that's impacting, you know, just running an ad agency. I know it's impacting everything, right? Oh, I mean, I'm sure. especially reporting attribution. I don't think necessarily the case that something like Facebook ads become less effective, but it does become harder to understand, you know, exactly who's seen your ads and, you know, whether somebody actually purchased or downloaded something from an ad, you know, so there's all these challenges there. Whereas again, if you go back to, if you find these communities or networks to be a part of, the audience is already there and you can have a little bit more confidence that you're speaking to people who are qualified. Lots of interesting stuff going on in the world right now. (laughs) For real. Oh my goodness. So tell us a little bit before we sign off here, a little bit more about Two Bright Lights and Wedding Pro. If people actually want to go and sign up and kind of what are the different levels for people to get involved for Wedding Pro? It looks like there's plenty of content you can just go on and consume and you know it's totally free. Are there other opportunities there? Yeah, absolutely. So with Wedding Pro, like you mentioned, we have a whole blog that's weddingpro.com forward slash blog that has articles that we're publishing multiple times a week, different themes, but all education based, whether it's through couples data or 
marketing tips or contract tips. On top of that, we also host at least one webinar a month that dives deeper into some of those themes. We have a whole team of wedding pro educators. They are amazing experts in the industry who are also actually out there doing the work and they are pros themselves. And so they are contributors to the blog. They are experts on our webinar. We also on February 2nd and 3rd, so the content will be live for a few days after that as well. We are hosting a Wedding Pro Core Tone-Up, which is one of our virtual events. So that is bringing together many different speakers, including myself, talking about everything from like sustainability and self-care to HR, things that you need to know about building a business, as well as authentic marketing. So that is our virtual event. We had one in October that was four days long. And so now we're doing these more tone-ups. So that's happening in the beginning of February. And it's just the resources that are, are completely free. So you get to log on to these webinars, have an opportunity to join in, ask questions. And that's what we're all about. We want to educate people whether you are part of the Wedding Pro community or not, we have the resources there for you. Yeah, awesome. Well, we'll make sure we include links to all of that. Unfortunately, this episode will be live before all of that. So there should be plenty of time for people to go and sign up and access that information. And, you know, I wouldn't skip out on the self-care stuff. That's for sure. Not after 2020. And, you know, again, as much as we hope 2021 to be more normal, and I, I really do think it will be, I think we do have a little bit of a road to go before we get there. So hopefully not too long though. But Megan, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people follow along with you? Absolutely. So on Instagram, I'm Megan, M-E-G-H-A-N underscore S-B. So you get to see a lot of the fact that I do love red wine and dogs, even though I don't have one myself. So I definitely don't take myself too seriously over there. But also follow along on Instagram at WeddingPro. And so it's weddingpro.com forward slash blog for all of the educational resources. And if you want to check out more about Two Bright Lights, it's twobrightlights.com and completely free to sign up. So no pressure, sign up, check it out, see what you think and submit your work to get published. Yeah, that's awesome. And I can't, you know, I'm, I'm so jealous that it's a free tool now. Definitely something <laughs> yeah. that we used back in the day. But again, thank you so much for jumping on and sharing all these resources with us. Hopefully we'll get a chance to chat in person this oh, year again. I hope so. And for those of you who are wedding professionals, if you're at a conference, I feel like there's a good chance Megan's there. So, so look for her. <laughs> That's the goal. I hope so. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Brands That Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes. For show notes and other resources, head on over to deviancrista.com.